0: Hi, this is Chris.
1: And this is John.
0: And you're listening to the Nerdy Dadcast. We figured this episode uh, we would start talking about this topic called travel. Although I think when we added it sort of to our, our planning board... Our idea of what travel would look like is not what travel's currently looking like. you know maybe we'll have to revisit this topic when travel becomes travel. It's kind of weird like I mean when there we talk about things returning to normal, but really normal is going to be new like it's not going to be the way things were, and I can't imagine. You know, suddenly cold turkey, you know, everyone's packing on to like planes and cruise ships and trains and, and heading to places like there's going to be, uh, obviously, or at least in my mind, differences, right?
1: I think so. I mean, I think about it I'm in the before times back before all of this in the other world, I mean, a year ago, myself and my kids were backpacking across Europe, and that was a normal thing. We are going from city to city and having these fantastic adventures. And now, in this current time, in the in whatever we want to call the wibbly-wobbliness of our COVID existence, going across the street can be a big adventure. And going, mm-hmm. going, for us, we walked across, we lived downtown Vancouver, we walked across a bridge, and going across that bridge seemed like we were going on this massive quest and i went out to my i went out to my family's house and that's you know 45 minutes away and honestly it seemed like i was bringing the rings back to mordor and it was this (laughs) epic quest yeah so yeah the the whole idea of travel and what is normal has certainly changed so um so yeah it's only going to change more
0: well you know Looking back on just only, you know, a few months ago, we, my wife, daughter and I, we went to to England and, uh, this is when, you know, it would have been end of February. So, you know, COVID-19 was around, but, you know, pandemic hadn't officially been declared. Things had not shut down as, as, as significantly as they had been. Uh, and I'm thinking back, I mean, we were on a full, uh, plane, a 777, uh, from Vancouver to Heathrow. And we got to Heathrow. We then, uh, hopped on a bus, which was actually like four of us on, on the bus, us three and someone else. So not that bad, but I remember on the return journey, taking the tube, uh, from gosh, it would have been like Paddington, uh, to, uh, well, I can't remember where it was. We took it to now, but close to Heathrow and it was packed like rush hour. Um, I, I, I don't want to do that, let alone track the, you know, three-year-old onto the tube or, or something like that. Little my wife. Like we plan grocery shopping around to just ensure that only one of us is going. And only, you know, a handful of months ago, you know, my daughter was licking the pole on the tube because hmm. you know, that's that's all the only room she had, right? Like it's just unreal. But you know, things are starting to you know, loosen up. And and as a result, you know, more and more people are, 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 are beginning to travel for a variety of reasons, you know, some for leisure, others for, for purpose. But, you know, I thought we could uh, sort of touch on this topic because it sort of allows us to sort of, you know, identify the approaches that we're, we're taking. And then, uh, the reason why I sort of brought this topic is you had a, a quick, uh, what I thought was a camping trip to the Island, but it was more like a, you know, visit. It was more involved.
1: Kind of, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I went. To, I did a very quick trip to Vancouver Island, which for those of you not local to Vancouver, is a ferry trip. An hour and a half ferry trip away from the mainland. Um, ferries by themselves seemed like something I would never do a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And now as so we've sort of loosened up in our area, we've gotten a little bit, um, I mean, BC has been very... Well managed, and I think it feels a little uh, less dangerous, and certainly what a lot of our friends are going through south of the border right now, and um, and that whole thing. So yeah, going over to the island seemed like a step we could do. Now it was just it was kind of a business personal business trip, but um, we also planned to get a little camping in there. Now in that though, I mean, it used to be you were regulated by Navigation Canada by the whatever the like maritime canada i forget what they're called now but uh you were regulated you had to go up onto the deck and you had to go up onto the ferry and you weren't allowed to stay down in your car and uh, now you're actually allowed and it's preferred if you stay down in your car so i mean mm-hmm. we spent an hour and a half both ways just sitting in our car which you know feels safe because that's not breaking our bubble and really for all of the trip it was uh it was interesting because i mean. There was some people we met, and they wanted to shake hands, and that whole shaking hand thing. I'm like, I don't do that anymore. That's not a thing I think I'll ever do again. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just keeping the keeping distance and keeping all all safe was sort of sort of strange. But uh, camping was actually quite good because I mean we we passed by a few people, but everybody was sort of was separated, and you had enough space, and it didn't feel like you know downtown Vancouver where you're trying to escape people on the sidewalk. So yeah, in that aspect, it was actually quite all right, but it seemed like it did seem like a really big, epic, tiring adventure. And like I say, a year ago, we were doing actual big, epic adventures. This was not one of them, but uh, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a change.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think back to the ferry, like I, my in-laws live up the coast. We actually have to take a ferry to get up there because they have not built a bridge across the fjord. That is House sound. Um, I, would prefer not to stay in my car. I want to get out and stretch my legs and, you know, see the, uh, the beauty that is the trip. And, you know, I can't say I've gone across to Vancouver Island all that much, but when I have, I've enjoyed, you know, being top deck watching sort of life go by. Um, now like we were talking about, Oh, maybe we'll go to Vancouver Island as a getaway. And it's like, well, do we want to stay in the car for two hours? Hmm. And it's not my wife and I that are concerned. We're sort of extrapolating. Will the three-year-old, you know, handle an hour and a half, two hours in the vehicle? And we, we'd get her out and she'd be in the front seat with us. But I, I just don't know how we would be able to contain, you know, the bundle of energy that she is. And uh, there's no way that we would consider, you know, adding a little something, something to a morning bubba to make the trip go by No. So, I mean –
1: normally like in the in the before times we weren't really screen heavy parents we you know mm-hmm. the kids had a little bit of screen time and that was enough we weren't super worried about it but we also didn't just go here watch TV for the next six hours and leave me alone kid that wasn't our general parenting way but in a situation like this my god the the iPad came out and the Nintendo switch can come along and everything that you can bring along that like you could throw in front of the kid and just say mm-hmm. okay And I mean, my son, he's old enough, he loves reading, so you just throw a book in front of him, he's happy. My daughter, she's on the cusp of reading, she's not quite there, and uh, so yeah, throw a screen in front of her face, and that was the only way we were going to get across, because yeah, otherwise, I would have gone insane.
0: Well, we we bought my daughter a fire tablet over the holidays, actually it was during prime days um, when we picked it up, but... It was a holiday gift because we had planned to go to England this past spring. Unfortunately, things changed and we went a lot quicker and sooner than we had intended. But the idea was we're going to be on a plane for seven hours. That screen might be the difference between making it to London or having to land somewhere prematurely because one of us is being you know, hogtied and taken off the plane involuntarily. Prior to that, no screen, really existed in, in front of my daughter now with the way things are there are times where you know at three she wants to read a book we'd love to read her a book we'll read as many books as we can but the variety just you know is required when we have my wife and i have things to do so yeah fast forward in travel i think we probably have that you know tablet so she could watch Cocomelon or some of the uh, educational videos she really enjoys like i, I kid you not this kid's going to be like coding in python and understand it sooner than i ever will um with some of the videos she's watching she was actually watching a video that was talking about python it's crazy i'm trying to learn it and she probably already understands it
1: my eight-year-old probably does better than you too it's it's one of those things yeah um but yeah i mean i've experienced that again you know having the whole i took my we took our son to europe when he was 18 months old and he'd been a pretty experienced traveler. He'd been on a ridiculous amount of flights. I always say with him, you know, he had more flights in his first year than I had in my first 27 years. So uh, but with him, you know, we figured by the time he was 18 months, we'd go to Europe, we'd take him over, we'd go see relatives. And it was, we figured a red-eye flight, he'll sleep all night. It'll be no problem at all. <laughs> and oh, no, no, that's not how it went. Um, the second the plane started moving, he started crying. And he continued crying for six and a half hours of a eight-hour flight. And I can tell you, you know, if you're that person on the plane, I mean, we've all experienced that person on the plane, but if you've actually been that person on the plane, it's far, far worse. Like, <laughs> it's annoying to hear someone else's kid crying. It's <laughs> hell when it's your kid crying. Yeah. And so for six and a half hours, I danced with him down the halls and went down the galley and was in the kitchen of the plane and danced and danced and danced and... Finally, you know, he it was like six thirty in the morning. He finally settled down. We were almost there. And it was funny, we were flying on that flight to Amsterdam, and this little old Dutch lady turned around at that moment and gave me sort of an eye roll and went. "Uh." And after six and a half hours, I almost jumped over the seat and strangled her because my (laughs) brain was no longer there and I was not any form of sane. So again, that's the old world. I'm not trapped what we're talking about now, but yeah, that experience sort of soured me for life and um i would put anything in front of him to shut him up in in any little trip now although you know kids are older it's easier now but but yeah
0: well it's funny you mentioned so uh, you know baby force my wife they actually went to england to meet her great grandma um when she was about eight nine months old maybe a little bit older but not not all that much and on the way there my wife was traveling with her parents um i couldn't get the time off work because i'd taken it uh, I took a parental leave when, uh, when she was born, I actually took vacation as well to sort of stretch it. So I, I have to work, not a big deal. Uh, as they sort of announced like, oh, pre-boarding, uh, hasn't quite got to the, you know, beyond the super elite status. You will let you fly the plane type level where then, you know, those who need a little extra help, such as mothers, parents, kids, what have you, uh, my wife starts making um, baby forces bottle thinking like, Oh, you know, I've been told that, you know, it's always good to have, uh, you know, the baby feeding as you're taking off helps with air pressure and all that. And at that point, um, unfortunately my, our daughter uh, wasn't getting enough supply of breastfeeding. Uh, and she had eventually decided that instead of the buffet, she preferred fine dining. Um, hence the, the bottling of, of, uh, a formula in that. But my wife didn't think through that, that young little, you know, Girl, there is watching the bottle being made and then in stuffed into a bag, like, and not being put into the hole that which that bottle is meant to go into, and uh, like, instant, like, light up. And on top of it, was like feeding time, too. Like, it was just my, my wife had a lot on her mind, obviously, a lot going on. So, here's this just kid just screaming everyone's walking by they're at the front of the plane and my wife the whole time is like oh my god oh my god oh my god this is going to be like seven hours this is like people are already looking at me um once the bottle was brought out and into my daughter's mouth oh, no problem and she probably handles flying you know better than the rest of us but then my experience flying with her and, and my wife was when we went to to hawaii just this past year back in 2019 and halfway to hawaii you know Baby force is like, yeah, I, I want to get off the plane now. <laughs> well, we can't, you can't get off the plane. Um, and we had, we had brought her car seat. So it's in the middle. It's taking up all this room. Uh, my wife's trapped over by the the window. I'm on the aisle um, and our daughter can't get comfortable. We're trying to like take her out of the seat. We have no It wasn't pleasant. So fast forward to this, this England trip and the way there, we had three seats together we made it work on the way back. We had four seats in the middle and thankfully no one sat in that one seats that was left over. So my wife and I each got a seat and my daughter got two and it was great. Perfect. But yeah, I can, I can totally vouch for how you were feeling. Like, I think by the time we landed on the Hawaii trip, if someone had mentioned something, I, I probably understand. And this is the thing I, I mean, I think back to, some of the trips that I've had, I remember one particularly a red eye going to Toronto. And the moment I get on, there's two kids like competing. Like it was an opera performance or something. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be a long flight, but that's it. I, I mean, kids cry. <laughs> I probably did too. So <laughs> that, that's sort of, my, that, you know, that's, that was my approach. So I, 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 yeah, I obviously would prefer that they don't, but Hey, you know what? At the end of the day, I just want to get to point B. Yeah.
1: That's the one thing I didn't say about that flight. He cried for the first six and a half hours. I cried for the last hour and a half. And mm. it was, yeah. So, but it's okay. I, I'm okay with crying. I'm okay with feeling. It wasn't a big thing. It was mostly yeah. getting my mind back afterwards. That was the hard part.
0: Yeah. Well, and it doesn't help that one, you're lacking sleep too. Your body is, you know, trying to figure out what the heck is going on and, and why you're, you have this flight sensation. Like we yeah. don't fly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and there was a time when I was younger when I would just I would do that and I would get over there and I would just keep on going. And mm-hmm. figure, you know, you'll fall asleep eventually. But now that I'm not as young anymore, when I try that, it doesn't work. You get over there and it's just like <laughs> into bed and that's it. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Yeah, and that that also was fun, the whole jet lag experience with Baby Force on that trip to, to England. Um she slept a couple of hours on the flight. But I kid you not, I don't know anyone like her, that can have a snooze for five minutes and is perfect after that, can go hours, but yet is overtired and cranky as all heck.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah, to knock back to to normal travel and sort of our our new reality where we're not going to be going mm-hmm. on flights anytime soon, I don't think. Um, I mean, just things like the bus, things like the the subway, You know, these things are actually big and scary now. I don't necessarily want to be on them and I've experienced them and I mean it used to be I would go all over with the two kids and it was never a big issue, but now the concept of going by myself with both the kids seems like too much and it seems it seems scary in this other world. So to make sure they're not licking things all the time, which of course, you know, over the last three or four months they've been trained very highly not to lick things Mm -hmm. where we didn't really care so much before. Before it was just like, ah, that's good for their immune system. And now it's like, no, that'll kill them. So yeah, you have to.
0: Yeah. Well, it it might not be as dire for them, but unfortunately you and I and, and, and others, the odds start to unfortunately go incrementally up.
1: Yeah. And it all depends. I mean, there's various reports on various things right now and side effects for children and stuff. So yeah, I I don't want to take those chances.
0: No, no, I don't suggest he, yeah, let them lick. Don't (laughs) let let your kids lick things. (laughs) Um, You know, just on that note, like how how have they like for instance like traveling on the ferry or if you had it had to take transit, like how are they interpreting sort of the new normal compared to the way things were like was it something that they understood like they might have had questions but they sort of got or is it still sort of a work in progress
1: for the kids or for the ferry people uh, for
0: because, the kids
1: yeah for the kids no they're they're on that they they understand I mean. As we've said, we, we locked down hard, and we had to explain that to them, and so they're very aware. And we did many YouTube videos on germs passing and showing all of this the spray of a cough and all the things you wouldn't normally want to look at or think about, but we made sure they were educated on that because, you know, education yeah. is big. So the whole process, I mean, they are both thrilled to be out in public wearing their masks. My daughter has a unicorn mask. My son has the stars and a comet on his mask, so he's pretty psyched about that. Um, So, yeah, just they for the most part, I mean, we we've also the the one other thing we've started doing is uh, sort of social distancing dinners where we'll we'll meet up with friends at a park Mm -hmm. and sort of eat six or eight feet away from each other. So we've done that a few times now. And it's sort of it's been great, except for when they have other kids around other friends, because then when other kids are running around, it's really hard for them to suddenly think, oh, yeah, we need to stay away from each other. So they get really, really uncomfortably close, which again, isn't necessarily a big thing. If you trust your circles and trust the people you're with, but it is sort of something you have to watch for. And that's sort of been a big one for me.
0: You know, actually, it's funny you sort of mentioned the social distance dinner at a park. Like we went, um, we met up with some friends from our prenatal class and their their couple and their son at um, a, a park in Vancouver and had a picnic last weekend. It was phenomenal. Like I, I don't know the last time I enjoyed a picnic in the park as much. As I as enjoyed this one. Uh-huh. Yeah. We, we sat like with a good couple of meters between us, but the two kids, they're, you know, uh, baby force is younger by like two months. I mean, they're essentially the same age. They're running around. They did get close, but uh, I mean, for us, it's, it is kind of like, we're looking at that bubble. Maybe if we sort of expanded some way, shape or form, but then also factoring in, we are, at a park, the kids are at play. Like we're not, she's not going over and to a birthday party with a hundred kids type idea. Like we're trying to be reasonable. And I think that's the, you know, when it comes to travel, sort of what the way our, our thought is like we want to. Right. Yep. Yeah. But the concern is, and to your earlier point, the fairy people, how are others? Like when we were at the park, it was obvious that some people were taking the the sort of distance part seriously. And others were like, Oh, we're in a park. There's no germs here. The, the ultraviolet rays from the sky are, are cleaning, cleansing us. I mean, I kid you not. I think there were people like staring up at the sun <laughs> with their mouths open. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, and I mean the other big concern at least earlier on for us was sort of the whole idea of the potential of spread. I mean, you mm-hmm. don't want yes, I'd love to go and go i mean we did a we used to do a do a yearly trip to one of the Gulf islands here, and uh, this year we're not going to just because it hasn't turned out, and that's fine, but the idea that you know here in the big cities, if something was to spread, we have hospitals we have things that we can use to stop that. Whereas if space spreads in a smaller town or out of out the country somewhere, they don't have the same facilities. So I don't want to take the chance of me personally bringing something out there and then spreading it on to other people and sort of in mm-hmm. this, in this new COVID reality where that's actually a thing that you can do other than, you know, once upon a time you might joke about an STD or something spreading it around, but that never, you know, that was never, it was usually for me anyways, that was a joke. For a lot of people, maybe not, but for me, that was a joke. Um, but yeah, COVID, something like that, where you can just, you have it and it spreads, that's it. Then mm-hmm. uh, that's a real, a real thing you have to think about. So so, yeah, I mean, the island here is, is very, very low. So I think they've had very, very few cases. So it's pretty safe there, but you don't want to introduce anything. You don't, you don't want to be the jerk that introduces it to the island and kills everybody.
0: This is so true. Um, to sort of segue, I mean, we did come to sort of a decision that, that we would go traveling in August. So we've actually booked a hotel room in a Soyuz, which uh, again, for those of us in the podcast, don't know the area. Soyuz is actually like the Northern end of the Sonoma desert. I believe Um, it's essentially the only place the desert exists in Canada. Uh, And we're just going there to sit on the lake, go to the beach, enjoy the sun. Now, will we actually go? Let's just say the cancellation policy is very forgiving. And for us, we're like, okay, it's a month away. It allows us the opportunity to sort of continue to reassess. And if we decide to go, our plan is hotel room beach. That's it. Like, we're not, we're not going to go. I mean, my my parents will be there. um, And my sister and, and my nephew, which I've, I think said in previous episodes, they are our doubled bubble, but that that's us. Like we're, we're not going to meet other people. Like we've had trips in the the past where it's all a bunch of friends and family would all meet up. We're not, we're going specifically, you know, a week after this group would normally go to ensure that there's no, you know, undue peer pressure or, you know, like that, it it becomes easy. It's like, Oh yeah, I could, yeah, we'll just, we'll just hang out. It's okay. Right. We're, we're trying to take these steps, but then, In the back of my mind, to your point, like, you know, Soyuz has a clinic and I'm short of, you know, getting bitten by a rattlesnake, which is a possibility. I don't know if they're set up for much more, you know, than that as it pertains to serious issues. So that's not to suggest that we would be worried about ourselves per se, but it's the, what we might introduce or what, you know, others might bring. And this is a holiday town, right? People go there in the summer. So, eh. you know, we booked, as I said, we booked a hotel room. We've sort of started talking about the logistics, but a lot can change in a month. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, the only other trip that we would go on is actually a ferry trip up to the in-laws, but then what are we going to do? It's a 40 minute ferry ride. We're not getting out of the car. Like and the hope is is that if we do get to like this is the, the the worry actually it's not so much the ferry trip, it's how long will it take once we're at the ferry to get on the ferry mm-hmm. because that amount of time will also stay in the car six hours, eh.
1: yeah, but I mean there's also less people doing it right now, so it's it's not normal like you could it's a lot easier to get one and i mean it's so it doesn't really matter outside the local for local people, but, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty quick to get a ferry and we didn't have to wait. So, okay, we were doing midweek though. So I mean that also, yes. yeah. yeah. And that, that,
0: that's the struggle for, for us, like especially specifically me being that I'm still working, um, is that the getting time off in midweek is a little more complicated. Um, obviously when we book the time off in August, maybe we'll have to rejig that we'll go midweek. Uh, and then the added variable is the possibility that my wife goes back to work. So Yeah, it's, there's a lot of, a lot of different dynamics at play, but when it comes to sort of traveling, uh, baby foresting, she got herself a Paw Patrol suitcase that she wants to use. Mm -hmm. She wants to know when we're going to take a plane next. When are we going to go on a train? When are we going to go on a ferry? When are we going to go see grandma and granddad? And, and as much as we'll explain things and she sort of gets it. The following day we're explaining it again. Um, And then the complicating factors is anytime we're out and about. And I think we talked about this um, baby force knows that that she has to wash her hands when she gets home. The problem is she sucks her thumb instinctually. And then it's like, we've sort of come to accept that that's not something we're going to, we're, we're able to stop. So it's like, Oh, well we'll do our best to keep her hands clean. We wipe them. We've actually been using um, like a, hand sanitizer um a child's hand sanitizer which still our hope is is that that just makes the flavor of the thumb wrong <laughs> but right there's just there's only so much we can do
1: yeah that made me think of previous trips where when i took my daughter across to europe um we sort of said okay look you can watch this sh- you can watch the tv on the back of the chair for as long as you want just go to sleep okay and they never did. It was a nine-hour flight. Again, it was red eye both of them. And They never flew or they never stopped. They never slept. But um, she insisted to watch Paw Patrol. And I mean, that's, sorry, that's like the one show. I think I went through a little bit of it with my son when he was smaller. And and then we just said, no, no. So she watched Paw Patrol for like six hours straight. So, so now her one thing, the one thing she remembers always is like, if I'm on a plane, then I can watch whatever I want and I'm going to watch Paw Patrol. And so (laughs) I've made sure to reinforce the eternal message that I think all parents should really give to their children. Paw Patrol sucks. That's my message for the five-year-old. And So that's one time I'll tell her something sucks, and it's Paw Patrol. (laughs) And, yeah, there's nothing good about that.
0: Yeah, no, she's totally in the Paw Patrol, unfortunately. She's got Paw Patrol sheets on her bed. She's got a Paw Patrol suitcase. She watches Paw Patrol. Um, one of the stuffed animals she'll bring to bed is sky, a Paw Patrol character. Mm-hmm. Um, and Paw Patrol seems to be the transition away from Peppa Pig. So I'm not entirely like she's like the way uh, my daughter's going to speak. Like she's from England because Peppa, because of Peppa Pig, she corrects mommy and daddy. When we say things like tomato, no, it's tomato. Okay.
1: See, it's funny. The only time my kids have watched Peppa Pig was when they were doing a Mandarin class. So Peppa Pig spoke in Mandarin.
0: Uh, that'd and be so surreal.
1: I have never heard Peppa Pig speak in English or any other language. I've only heard Peppa Pig speak in Mandarin. So mm. so I can't make the connection, really.
0: Uh, well, I, I, I would blow my mind. Yeah. Oh, well, the, the one cool thing though about her watching paw patrols when we did go to england she's like everyone here sounds like peppa pig and i kind of found that mm-hmm. humorous i'm not entirely sure everyone in england that would have heard her sort of broadcast that but you know i also referred to us as those colonials so that's you know, all good yeah it happens uh you know let's uh change gears up let's lighten uh, the mood a little and get ourselves a bit nerdy So I have a problem. What's that? I have far too many video games on my computer. Like my steam library is stocked. I have the Epic games launcher too. Cause if there's something about this new world of PC gaming is there's 400 different launchers and I don't know what to play. And I don't know. This is a problem. It's like, you know, like that itch, you've got you can't really scratch it like you think you'd have but it like moves or something like that that's sort of the way i feel right now like i my go-to when it comes to gaming often was overwatch i was sort of the game that i've been playing i can just fire it up play a few matches uh stop problem is, is i sort of got this point where i ah, you know it's just not scratching it so then i started playing minecraft and then i played minecraft dungeons that did for a bit but I'm like ah that's not it and i'm kind of feeling like i want to play you know like a, an rts type so i've been I played a little civilization, which I know is not RTS truly, but, but I was playing some Civ and Civ six and it was okay. But then it was like, nah, this is hurting my brain. This is too much thinking. I want something, I want something less, you know, uh, draining when it comes to the, the ability to brain. And then I started you know, like playing um, this game called castles and kingdoms, which is like an indie game. That's, it's launched, but really it's still like beta. And it's actually kind of neat. It's like this old medieval build a castle, village, and you have to manage all these different things, gather resources. Occasionally the Vikings come and steal things, or the dragon comes and lights things on fire. And apparently zogers, but I haven't made it to that point. And that was cool for a bit. But then I suddenly realized that I was in this like cycle of managing an economy and a group of very unhappy citizens, and I decided I no longer <laughs> Like that. So I let the Vikings and, and Dragons do their thing. But the problem is again, I'm in this sort of position where I don't know what game it is that I want to play that just sort of like, oh man, this is cool and I can just burn some time with. Can you help me?
1: I honestly have that same thing. I mean, exactly what you're saying, where you know you get so many games and so many things pop up. Uh, for many years, we would back all sorts of Kickstarter games. When Kickstarter first started sort of the the revolution of renewing old computer games from the 90s and stuff like that, stuff I grew up on. Uh-huh. All, in the early days of Kickstarter, all of those creators came and made their new pitch and made this new, new games that were like the games that we had played as we were kids. And so I backed them all. And any other game that seemed cool, I would back. And so my Steam library just started building up and up and up. But the problem is I never actually played any of them. And now I have this huge library and I don't know really which to go back to. And then you add things like PlayStation. With PlayStation Plus, you know, you're getting new games every month. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't have time to get through a whole game in a month. I'm probably playing one thing and I'll get through that in three or four or five months, however long it takes. And then I have to look back and say, oh, there's this other these other 10 games I downloaded in that time. Uh, which of them am I going to play? So, yeah, I have sort of this whole um, backlog of games. And with system changes, you know, you get an even bigger backlog of games. And, yeah, going back and actually choosing to sit down and play one of them, that's that's rough. That's a hard life. Yeah.
0: Well, and, I, yeah, you know, I think for me, what you've just described is the problem I face. I have I have so many choices that then I almost become paralyzed with choice. It's like, which one do I want to try? And then I start trying a few of them. I was like, "Ah, okay, this isn't really." I'm not, 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 not. And then I get frustrated that I just continue to run into things that I'm not all that, you know, into. Um, some of which I, you know, support on Kickstarter. Like actually, the game that I thought would have been it for me, it was a Kickstarter game called. Um, man, now the I can see the. The title in front of my face but it it was essentially like a, a, a voxel style game i'm looking it up right now while we record and unfortunately it got purchased by like the developer got purchased by another company who then decided that yeah she's done we're not gonna we're not gonna develop it anymore oh man it's gonna bother me here what it is but the reason why I thought this game would, would be cool was that it was again, a sort of voxel kind of like Minecraft. Uh, it was sort of medieval. You're building sort of castles and whatnot, um, but things were automated. So like if you assigned a, a, a citizen, a particular task, they would do that task and things would occur. And so you can almost like automate your, uh, you had some level of control, but you could automate how your sort of your town or your castle would grow. And the problem is that, you know, now that they've decided that that game's done, essentially they built it so that it could launch, and nothing more. Oh man, Stonehearth. thats what it's called. I had to look it up. Okay, um, that burned me. When it came to Kickstarter games, I've per- I've-, I've supported some that have been successful and we're good for a spell but then there's a game such as stone hearth which got to a point where you know it's the kickstarter way like oh we're gonna do all these amazing things and then oh my goodness amazing things cost time and money and we didn't factor in time and or money <laughs> tough decisions are made and
1: yeah and those are interesting too because i mean a lot of the, especially the early ones, it was like, okay, well, I'm going to, we're going to take your money, we'll take the money for this, and then we'll have it ready by next year. And I have one, actually, that I got in 2012 that is still apparently going to come out this summer, so that's eight years. What game's this? Uh, it's called Space Adventure. Back in yeah. back in the in the Sierra days, there was Space Quest. And we all remember Space Quest, King's Quest, all of the, you know, us, us for a certain era, Remember all the Quest Quest games, Police Quest, yeah, yeah, Quest for Glory. And so Space Adventure was like the continuation of Space Quest, except for they didn't have the Space Quest license, so they were making sort of a separate game. But it was the same creator, same humor, that sort of thing. And so, yeah, I I backed that, I think, in 2011 or 2012. And from what I understand, it's going to come out this year, maybe. So the whole thing where, yeah, you you back something and your children grow up and – move out of the house and then you play the game. That's uh that's a
0: issue as well. Yeah. And I, you know, I thought you were going to mention star citizen. No, no, I didn't back that one. I couldn't. Yeah. So I, I did not back that one, but someone who did gifted me a copy. So I remember when I installed it, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to check this out. I installed it. I launched the game. It crashed my computer. It was so resource intensive. That you needed a you know a high performance rig at the time to actually play it, and so I'm like, "Oh, I, that's not going to work." So thanks for the gift, to copy, and all that, Jazz. I'm sorry I can't put it to use. I was actually thinking about it maybe last week. It might have been. Oh, I should see if it will work on my new PC because I've actually gone through like this. So this is this is the one I just built would be PC number three as part of this journey, and this is a game that still hasn't launched. People still drop like thousands of dollars on ships that you can outright lose to, like, you know, piracy and, like, I I obviously got into the wrong business. Um, I yeah. should have learned how to, like, get into, like, game design and do things on Kickstarter a whole lot to, you know, earlier in my life. But, yeah, I just, you know, maybe one of our, our listeners can suggest a game that I can look into and play. I It's like I'm in this weird spot. I was even considered diving back into like a Diablo season. I haven't played Diablo in a long time, but they're on like season 23 now or something. And so it's like, it gives me purpose. I just run around, collect things. But I know if I start playing that game, I won't. Like I again, uh, Dungeon Crawler, I'm picking up every copper piece that drops on the ground. I am like, I'm the guy that's picking up the pennies on the street. Oh, there's a penny across the street. Let me go all the way out of my way to get that one penny that in the grand scheme of things, I don't need, but I have to, I have to go pick it up or, oh, what's, you know, that, that cave, that might have like treasure. Let me walk down that way. Cause I haven't, I haven't actually got the fog of war lifted there.
1: Oh yeah. My, my, my family makes fun of me for that. They, I'm like the completionist. They know I'm the completionist. And so, I mean, like when the switch came out, we were doing super Mario Odyssey, you know, your average person might go through that game and get a hundred stars, a couple hundred stars there was like 950 stars total available. And so I got up, I was well into the eight hundreds before I actually stopped. And I still, mm-hmm. there's still something in my, in my head. that's like, no, you have to go back. You have to get the rest of them.
0: And I, well, I, the, I was going to say the only reason I haven't completed that game is I got frustrated trying to get up. Like I, I won't, I won't go further. Oh, I didn't get them all. I got to go find like,
1: yeah, this is really like the end part. It was like super twitchy and you need to really memorize every single finger movement. And I guess like I have that skill. I still, it's still in me. I still have the reflexes, but I couldn't. And so I did it 30 or 40 times. I was like, no, nah, forget this. I'll come back to it. And then I got distracted by the whole stream of games I have on Steam and everywhere else. And yeah. never actually did get back to it. So, So yeah, it's on my get back to list and I will at some point.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I ever will. No. It's like, yeah, I just, I got, like, I get, I'm the completionist that gets frustrated. And then the frustration, it's like bitter feelings. Like I hold a grudge against the game.
1: Mm.
0: Like, I can't believe it did me dirty like that one. Because the game obviously was, was messing with me. Totally the game's fault. I just, yeah, I, you know, like Breath of the Wild is another example. I have yet to complete it.
1: Really, Ooh. it's a
0: it's a beautiful game. It but is. then I started getting into sort of, you know, um, what I, it's the side quest effect. Like I, I, one of the the guys that I. I no, in a gaming community I'm part of, um, he shared a text message that his wife had sent him. And she's like, um, uh, When you're coming home from work, I have a side quest I'd like you to complete. And he's like, She speaks to me. I'm like, Oh my God. If I saw that, i would be mm-hmm. like, What do you need me to do? She, she, like, you know, my wife could go and say, I have a side quest for you to complete. You have to do this task, this task, this task, this task, this task. And the reward would be, and she might be like a cup of coffee when you get home. And I'm like Oh, good. I'm, gonna. I'm in. And I'm like, I'm in. I mean, it could be the worst honeydew list I'd ever turned down, but the, the wording side quest, I'm like, oh, I'm going to make it happen.
1: Yeah, I had that, that same thing with Red Dead Redemption 2, where you know I played through 80 or 90 or 100 or 200, however many hours it was. And I got to, spoilers, there's an epilogue in it, and I didn't actually get through the epilogue. So I've never actually seen the ending yet, and it's something I'll probably go back to do. And I figure I was probably pretty close, but I got distracted by something shiny, and I wandered away, and that was it. It was over. Yeah.
0: Oh man, now I've got my mind set on completionism.
1: I know what I'm doing this weekend.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to probably still sit here. Like I'm looking at, I'm looking at some of the icons on my desktop. There's Minecraft launcher. Uh, This game called Shakedown Hawaii, which is like, it's actually kind of fun. It's, it's old school pixel graphics, but it's, it, it sort of feels like SNES style um
1: So my kind of my recent amusing one that I got into was suddenly I was looking through my my game menu on my PlayStation and I saw pagel Oh
0: and, man, I played Pe- that.
1: Yeah, I hadn't played that either in ages, and suddenly I started playing it, and that was some of the completionist in me kicked in because I think I had like sixty percent of the trophies on pagel and I wasn't quite there yet, so I kept going and going and going, and anytime I needed that little break that I didn't really want to think, I didn't want to have to raise a castle or or form government or any of these things. I just wanted to watch a ball bounce on the screen. I sit there and do that. And so mm-hmm. eventually I ended up getting the platinum trophy for that. And the platinum trophy said platinum achieved in five years and three days. So it took that was a short Stop. Yeah. Non-stop. non-stop. All, yeah. yeah. Straight out.
0: <laughs> you know, I, now that we're talking like, we're going to ramble here a little bit more completionism. So, Bungie, Uh, for those that uh, know video games, uh, you probably know them from uh, their Halo days at minimum, but they're more recently, you know, the title uh, developer on Destiny, Destiny 2. For, I'm trying to think if it was in Destiny. I think it was Destiny when they first introduced them. But they have these things called Moments of Triumph. And what it is, you have to complete a variety of different tasks, essentially a series of quests, um, some of which aren't too easy. But if you complete them all by a certain period of time, you're then given a discount code to go and purchase a shirt. Now, the shirt, 25 bucks. It's not a shirt that, you know, is laced with gold or anything like that. It's kind of gaudy. It's got like this big crest on the front of it and if you pay like five dollars extra they'll go and put your your name your uh guardian's name on your your arm damn straight i wanted that shirt and i got that (laughs) shirt and then i then i thought things through and i'm like i just went busted my butt trying to go and do all these different tasks in a certain period of time some of which required like coordination with other people and that was a struggle is it wasn't like everyone was like oh yeah totally i want to do this over and over and over because it was it was hard work to complete some of these quests so i got the shirt i get it i celebrate it and i'm like i think i may have worn it like once sitting in a drawer somewhere they've done this in subsequent years I'm like, I learned my lesson the first time, but it was quite novel that they sort of introduced this concept. I I think there are other games that have done that. Um, one that I know of, uh, was the actual Fortnite save the world experience. So everyone's heard of Fortnite battle Royale, but Fortnite actually started as a multiplayer, like Uh, four person experience like collaborative fight zombies and stuff like that. Well, if you completed the story by a certain period of time, um, I want to say they sent you a pin and you did not have to pay for it. They actually sent that to you. Um, You can't get it anymore, but I think the more, the more titles that offer you that like physical celebratory item, the greater likelihood is that people may want to, to actually complete. And that's the thing, why this sort of resonated with me is when you were talking about PlayStation achievements, I think I have one platinum. I, I, I And it, it's interesting, PlayStation achievements don't drive me.
1: And that's totally, I mean, that's what I was going to hit on is sort of, you know, it's really interesting, sort of the dopamine hit that, you, that some people get just by getting them. And yeah. I'm the same way. Like I have, I think, four platinums now over the course of my PlayStation career but uh but yeah just hearing that sound it, it hits you enough and where as with like a nintendo game you get like stars or something that you turn the game off and you never see it again but with playstation it all sits there and you can all sort of see all the things you've done and it makes me like i see ones the games i've downloaded I've played once and there's nothing there and i sort of feel bad about that i'm like oh i should go back and play that because i didn't get anything on that one and when i do just that whole thing of, I've, I've got to get it. And, I mean, for me, I don't like physical stuff. I mean, it's a really interesting concept to have physical stuff mm-hmm. with you, but I don't need more. I'm, I'm not one of those people that, you know, you see the collector's edition that has the characters, a bust of the character's head and all of these other things for $500. I don't need that. I just want to play the game. And I don't mm-hmm. even need a disc anymore. I'm happy playing digital. But, uh, so, yeah, for the people that get that kind of stuff, it's a, it's an interesting
0: well, and that's like I don't need the stuff either. In fact, I don't want the stuff. Like that that shirt, I probably need to donate it or get rid of it or, or what have you. I mean, it's it's in good condition, so I would not throw it out. It would I hope someone else could put this to use and run around with light force CDN on their arm. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something about having it in my hands, even for that second where it's like, Wow, I did this. It's like that <laughs> the coach Carter moment where I tied that shoe. That's sort of what it's like. And then I come to my senses and I'm like, for real, like I just went and spent all this time doing this for that. Oh, and by the way, I paid twenty five US for the privilege.
1: Yeah, awesome. you know, like previous generations, they like took a ship across the Atlantic or they landed on the moon, and that was their mm-hmm. achievement. Us, you know, I got this shirt, and that's, that's right. I, yeah,
0: yeah. I I downed Crota. I downed Atheon. I downed I don't know who else at this point. It's it's such a blur oh lord help us <laughs> and on that oh, note probably a good time to to look to wrap this this episode up uh as always you know check us out at nerdydadcast.com on twitter at nerdydadcast on facebook facebook.com slash nerdy dadcast um we're out and about as I mentioned, I think the last episode, we're slowly transitioning into a cadence where you're going to see episodes released every two weeks, consistently on the same day. We're getting there. We're still working out the kinks. It's interesting how, you know, I, I, I was, we sort of chatted about this. Like I, we had sort of lined up a date, and then I messaged you. I think it was like at noon on the day we were going to record, saying, "Hey, can we record?" I just got my calendar reminder, which I had set. You know which was a good thing. I would have forgotten. Like we're, if I, I kind of think if the pandemic wasn't occurring, things would be easier because there would be that structure.
1: Like, Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I live on my Apple watch. My Apple watch used to tell me where to go next and it would constantly do that. And that was a kid's thing. It would tell me what, uh, what my next appointment was, where the kids needed to be next, whatever that was. I would always be looking at my watch to see what was there. And so when you called me on Wednesday, it was on my watch. If I'd looked at my watch, I would have seen that we were recording that night. But I'd never looked at my watch because that's time. It's weird. We yeah, don't do exactly. this stuff like, anymore.
0: Yeah, look, look at your watch. Go to the living room. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got to get up and walk over there now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it, it's, it's still a... a... A journey, but uh, one that uh, we we'll plan on 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 getting sorted out. We're, we're going to get better. We're going to make this happen. Um, and then, you know, maybe we can do a, a, technically speaking, a social distance podcast where we could actually meet up in person. I've got the gear. That'd be sweet. We just do it in the middle of a park. It'd be pretty cool. Like people watching us record. We'd have to have a generator running because we need power.
1: Or... We can use hamster wheels or something. Yeah. Sure. Well, well, actually
0: on... I bought a, a fountain for our balcony. It's a solar panel with a spout. And nice. all it does is it has like a water pump on it. It's real awesome when the sun's out and the moment the sun starts to go away, it's like squirt, squirt, <laughs> squirt, squirt drives the cat nuts. It's a good thing. So it just sort of got me thinking if I get enough of those solar panels together, I could hot wire it and you
1: know, we could go to the moon. Yeah.
0: But any final words of wisdom I want to share with the, all the listeners there.
1: Honestly, just be safe. Wear a mask, and uh, and yeah, don't don't leave your house unless you unless it's safe and you have to. I mean, like we said, it's safe here, but there's a lot of other places in the world right now, specifically south of us, that is not safe at all. So be safe and keep yourself keep yourself safe, safe, safe. That's all. No yeah, right.
0: and I I'll second that. Um, but also, you know, gamify it a bit. Uh, don't consider getting COVID nineteen to be an achievement and definitely don't look at the completionist of got COVID-19 shared it with others, bad achievements. Those, those are not like rewards. It's it's um, and maybe we'll have to talk about uh, the, this on a future episode, but like the world of Warcraft, like, you know, cursed blood plague or whatever it was, was not an achievement. And it made very bad things happen to a lot of people who paid good money to play that game. Now we're talking real life. So, you yeah. know, Don't be that person. So on behalf of John, myself, Chris, signing this episode off by asking you also to stay nerdy, my friends.